0: It's episode 395. We're catching up. There's only five to go. That means f- February. Yeah,
1: beginning of February. Right? Oh
0: man, it's going to be 400. And Bernie Champagne, I haven't seen you for a while. I think we need to get together and have a meeting just to make sure we know that we're on pace for... Where are we going to do this again? Wasn't it in a houseboat or something? I don't know. I don't know either it probably be right here, just the three of us. <laughs> <laughs> just the three of us.
1: Yeah, we, we can't we do can. that. We have got to get out. We got to do a remote one. I that's got, what we or need to do. put up some
2: garden lights or something at least. So yeah, it's fest- yeah, some garden lights. That would at least make it a little more <laughs>
0: festive in here. So maybe, I know we've been we've talked about it for a long time, but and then you think it's such a long ways away.
2: I don't know. I bought a disco light at the dollar store. Did you? Yeah. It's like
0: really- a ball.
2: What, you Throw what, some light on it. And, uh, no, it just it has little batteries, and you just sit it there and like throws light everywhere, all over the ceiling. So I could maybe bring that in. We could be, we could be grooving.
0: And uh, in here. maybe bring in some Boombastic from <laughs> <just> to <laughs> 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 You're
1: really counting on people listening to these episodes back to back. Back so they to get back. There, so they get yeah, ref- if you don't. the reference, <laughs> yeah, from if you missed the last episode, if
0: you missed it, you're you need to go back and check it out because it was worth every moment of your time. All right, this week it was what God wants you to do. This is the last, this is it. This is all, it's all over hmm. for this year, except this week it is... reflection. Reflections. Reflections, that's yeah. right. And then that's it for 2023. Where in the world? That's 52 messages. Ken, how many of those were yours?
1: I think I counted up and it was somewhere in the 36 range. Wow. 36 out of 52. Wow.
0: That's that's a lot, that's a lot. that went fast, though, and do we know what we're starting with in the beginning of the year? we do once mm-hmm. we once we hop the fence into the first week of January, we do oh, wait a minute, I think I know I, yeah, you, uh, man, I was really
1: I hope you know Randy <laughs> welcome back Randy
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know. <laughs> We, when you, really, when you get sick, sometimes your mind just isn't real. Isn't real fast. It was as you could tell by the close of the last episode. It was a train wreck.
1: I just think we should uh, save that for maybe the first. Just you know, save it yeah, for next
0: week, yeah. and then we can yeah. we can we can throw into that. Okay, yeah. all right, but that's just it. Just know That's it. 2023, coming to an end.
1: But I do have to say, I am so grateful for how many people have been viewing online our our worship services mm-hmm. yeah. and how many people have been coming in person as well. I yeah. uh, haven't seen the, uh, I know with you uh, being not feeling super good, I haven't, we, I haven't seen what our online views were for the last couple of weeks. But from just what I can see, it looks like they've been really up there. And then our in-person... For the month of December, has our in person has been averaging right around seven hundred, which is
0: yeah. that's really that's that's like pre COVID yeah. kind of stuff, right? Yeah, Are we about, we're we getting close to getting close
1: to pre COVID. Yeah, that's crazy.
0: And
2: we actually had a whole lot of people come out and do Christmas Eve with us too. Christmas Eve seemed really yeah
0: like
1: We've, robust. Yeah, it, I, we had kind of expected there to be about one hundred and twenty five, hundred and fifty, and we had I think two hundred and eighty three.
2: Yeah, just wow. just shy of three hundred.
1: Well, that was really, a lot of fun. It was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. That's, that's the only. That's the only Christmas
0: I got personally this year. I did not make it to the big Christmas program, and
1: or or the other week. And hmm. I mean, I missed the cinnamon rolls. I'm like, what? Come
2: on, man. Hmm.
0: Cinnamon rolls? In the that logo. was
1: so fun. Was it? It really was. Okay. I, and I again, just thanks to all of our just amazing whole life whole lifers that the whole life one of you know one of the things we talked about in staffing it, is like oh man if we have this like will will there be enough will people bring enough to there and there was plenty i mean yeah that's people what really people really uh
2: now there was brought
1: a lot of great stuff
2: there was some leftover that uh, mm-hmm. was taken down actually to a, a local local area shelter so that they got to share in some of our our Christmas joy as well. Awesome! I like
0: that. I like that. Well, and I noticed uh, during Christmas Eve Candlelight Communion, there were people that I don't get to see all the time. So I got to see some people that don't always make it in person. So it was really cool to be able to go and give some hugs and see some people. Um, And I think I saw a bunch of people that I didn't recognize, so I'm thinking those are friends and neighbors.
2: Yeah, friends and neighbors, family that came into town. People brought yeah. their their families, so it was really special. Great.
0: Yeah, we, we threw out a couple invitations, and I think they were just like, these people have been sick. Forget it. Don't go. Don't go. <laughs> no, stay away. Stay away. Mm-hmm. Well, and just stay home. And that's kind of where we were so, this week. It, it, took, it took everyone a couple minutes to get on board with, oh, so where did they go after that?
1: Oh. Yeah, they, a, they went home. It was fun watching the uh, the, the congregation's expressions. It's <laughs> Surely he's not saying what God like wants from us is to go home. <laughs> <laughs> who, said,
0: who, who yelled it from the back? I could hear it during second. And you're like, "Come on, guys you're, you're starting to you're starting to get it right." And I'm and, not sure who and, and then it from you, the said, back. Uh, you said you um, said. And you guys all got to be wondering where Ken's going with this, right? Like he can't be telling us, and then someone's like to go home. (laughs) (laughs) I think they they may have been in the front, but I could hear it off camera, and it made uh, it got a good laugh, and it made me uh, it made me fun. It made it fun in that moment. What is so? What does God want from us after having an encounter with Jesus and 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 you know going home? We went through all the different people: the Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the Magi, Elizabeth, Zachariah, Anna, and Simeon. Assuming that you know they all went home. The 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 story of the demon possessed man and Jesus telling him to go home. I teared up a little bit. When I was watching that, I was like, "No, no, I don't want. No, I'm not going home." Sorry, Jesus. I I can only imagine the way he had been living, how he had been feeling, and mm-hmm. to have demons inside of you. I mean, yeah. I don't even know. I, I think we all have "quote unquote" our demons. If you know, some people like to say that, and I don't know that it's not always. It may be accurate more or less here or there, but for what this guy goes through. And you said that after first service, you said, you know, Jesus, I think just told him to no, go home. And you're like, no, Jesus wasn't angry. I didn't want anyone to think, it, you know, he was angry. But, <laughs> you know, at the same time, I I, I kind of feel like that's kind of what it was. Not that he was angry, but just that. It felt curt. Even when you read the story in the bio, it just feels like very curt, very short, very just like, no, it's not what I need. I need you to go home.
2: Well, it was also Mark telling the story, so. Well,
0: is that? There yeah, is I that. love Mark. That's
2: Mark right. is very short and to the point.
0: Just Doesn't it, waste any words. No extra no words. <laughs> no warm and fuzzies. No velvet on the sledgehammer.
1: He <laughs> didn't, Mark didn't have uh, didn't have a professor he's having to do a page quota for. <laughs> yeah, <you>? That's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it made me really th- stop and think about because also when you're that person that has his story, that's not a story. I know it's a story that we've all heard a thousand times. Someone, for whatever reason, has this life and then they they meet Jesus and he changes them and they, they come to a better life. And That's a great story, no matter what it involves, you going away from Jesus or just finding him for the first time. It's a great story. And would encourage anyone to share it. But it's also not easy when you're going back home because everyone at home knows your junk. And everyone knows not just, well, you know, the Bible readers know that he was possessed by demons. The family and the friends and the townspeople and the community knows how he got there. You know, what, what was it that he decisions either he made in his life or... You know, was, of course, maybe, you know, was it the sins of the the father and mother or the, you know, whatever, but the story that gets you to that point is also there. And that's not always something that is fun or easy, even if it's powerful to talk about with people. And so I just felt myself being a little bit, a little bit of pushback of just, I get, I can see why he would be angry and it's almost not fair that this is what this is what you want me to do is to not is, is to go home and tell people i don't think i would have i don't think i would have liked that answer either cuz it's not something that i want to it's not something that i always want to do and it depends on who you're talking to cuz a lot of people too aren't looking at it f- aren't listening with the ears of oh well that's nice Jesus did something cool for you. You're not possessed anymore. That's nice. Uh, You know, you you don't, boy, you know, do you know how bad you used to smell? Do you know the kind of language you used to use around my kids or, you know, whatever, you you know, you used to do this or that. And so it's almost like you're the one that gets a little bit of the abuse about, well, man, yes, we're, we're, we're happy. I'm using air quotes here because this is how I feel sometimes this is, if you, you, talk to certain people and it's like, well, we're happy that you're all better now, but man, you sure were a mess and a pill to deal with before. And I just, I just really felt like that was, that's, that's such a letdown from this, this free, this freedom you were just given. And sometimes when I, I feel like when things are going really well in my walk with Jesus and. You know, people ask you different things about your past and you can, yeah, okay, it's not a big deal. But it almost just like sucks the life out of you for the good things that have come, not that have nothing to do with that story anymore. It's like, yeah, that story's there and I don't mind sharing it with people that need to hear it or it could become useful or it could become uplifting for them some way. They can find a peace that they resonate with and they can find some Jesus. But it's like that now I feel like, wow, you know, um, God and I have been talking and we've been spending more time in prayer. And I've really been enjoying the time we've been spending in the, in the scriptures together. And it's like, but that's the, that's the prevailing story that you're kind of known by. And so I really like, – I've heard this story uh, many times, and it's just I, – I didn't like it. I didn't like the feeling that it left me with.
1: But great hear that, Randy. But
0: that's just me. Okay. That's just me. I mean, I'm sure that – but I also get why sometimes, you know, you're that person that Jesus needs. Those are the people that know you. They're the people that can benefit, and I don't want to take that from anybody either. I was just really feeling this guy and thinking to myself, man, that was short lived. Like not even like, Hey, you know what? You could come with me and the guys for a month or something. And let's, let's, uh, let's have you be a part of the team or something. I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, whether, whether we're talking about, you know, demons or mental illness or some other kind of of illness or pathology or, a behavioral experience or whatever, when people get to know you as a certain way or as a certain person, it's um, it's really difficult for them to allow you to be anyone else. So I think what, what Jesus was sending him back into was not an easy thing. The easy thing would have been to go with Jesus.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think, But and- but the interesting thing is, when a situation does happen where 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 people have been functioning according to their you know their prescribed social scripts, and then one person deviates like would have happened with this person. Um, it creates a rupture in the community and there are, there are kind of a couple different ways that, that can go that rupture can can um, it, well, it can ultimately end up being a negative, but there's also the possibility for something very positive because when, when that, um, when that ruptures, it makes space for something new that can happen. So, um, while I think it probably wasn't fun for him to go back, I, I like to imagine that maybe he went back and there was some kind of a rupture that took place that actually created more positivity. Hmm.
1: I grew up going to uh, Seventh Avenue schools, and we would often have uh, week of prayers. Usually, it was at least once every semester. And I remember um, you'd you'd get these great speakers that would come in, and they kind of get you all whipped up into this, you know, really just feel this spiritual mountaintop experience where you just feel that. And then, about uh, three days to a week after they're gone, you'd just kind of. You know, come back down to earth and you'd be feel kind of like, well, was that even real? What was going on there? And, you know, did I decisions I made or those legit or that sort of thing? And I think that one of the things that we um, undervalue is the fact that everybody goes home eventually. Hmm. You know, yeah. eventually, whatever you, you cannot stay up on top of a mountain. Permanently. You know, a lot of us really want to, we want that, like this, that high feeling of, of, of spiritual, you know, <laughs> where, where we're, it's almost like a spiritual drug addiction where you want this, this, you want this big feeling and you want it to always be there. And the fact of the matter is, is that it, that you eventually always will come down. That you know that you go home. Yeah, I mean, you think about you think about the fact that Jesus sends this one guy off right after he heals them him. But the fact of the matter is, after three and a half years, Jesus returns to heaven, and his disciples are given the task of going into all the world. But essentially, Jesus he says, "I'm not leaving you alone. I'm sending the Comforter." Think about what that means. It means that if you, you need a comforter when you're sad, you need a comforter when you're feeling down. And dumb, that's yeah. and that's what happens. Jesus leaves the disciples. He's not with them physically anymore. And yes, there is the Holy Spirit. But my point, I guess I'm trying to make is that eventually all of us need to, to kind of understand that, that there are these spiritual mountain peaks that are beautiful places and they're wonderful. And, and we shouldn't um they're not to be avoided they're great they're they're important milestones in our walk but equally important is going home and living the everyday life in the life that is not you know being in front of the manger with the baby jesus it's back with the sheep again and um and, and i think that that's a really undervalued part of Christianity because we, we wind up spending a lot of time as as leaders, as pastors, whatever of really encouraging people, you know, have this big life, have this big spiritual thing. Um, And if you're not having like all these crazy miracles happening, then maybe you're not connected to Jesus.
2: Or if you don't have the constant spiritual high.
1: Yeah. Maybe, maybe that's an indication that you're not really connected to God. And, And maybe what God is just saying is, go home, go home and live the everyday life. Cause that's really the, honestly, the hard one to live. To be honest, go home, talk about the good things that that I've done for you. Talk about the, the things that are difficult that, yeah. you, that you're walking through, but go home and talk about those things in the place that I've planted you. Um, and for some people, like I said, for some people that is going to the far ends of the earth, but for the majority of people, it is, yeah, being right where you're at, maybe right now, and it's it's living a consistent life. It's letting God be in charge. It's talking about the day to day things that come up that where God is faithful, um, and sharing that with the the person in the grocery line. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm not talking about leaving them a some sort of Christian track, but just you know being pleasant, being nice. You know, if it's if it's an appropriate thing to share what God's doing in your life, um, those are all those are all vastly important things. And you know, if if everybody lived the Christian values that Christ taught, this world would be a pretty magnificent place. That's true. Um, so.
0: I just feel like it comes back to also there's such expectations we have of what being home means. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, well, you know, I feel like my neighbors or my friends or the people that live on my street should all be coming to church with me and they should have, they should uh, all be getting Bible studies and, you know, we should somehow be, um, well, making, of course, that's all d- true,
1: Randy. That's all true. They should be. So. <laughs> Um, but
0: it just seems like a, it seems like a, you know, the, it's a, it's a high bar that I think sometimes we set for what, Yeah. what we should be doing when sometimes I feel like it's just being who we are and the broken parts of us. And then that maybe that's the hard part is having to realize how broken that part is when someone else realizes it for you. And then you
1: have to either. Oh
0: yeah, that was, mm, that was me.
1: Ah. But, but, you know, to me the one of the biggest acts of faithfulness to God, in my opinion, is, is not the, that you're doing, that you're constantly out. How do I say this? So many times I watch people who are trying to bring people to Jesus and when that person's like, no, thank you, mm, yeah, they move on. They, they're like, okay, you've rejected the Holy Spirit. I am done with you now and and I'm moving on to the next person that I think will. And then and what gets even worse at times is um, somebody will try to bring somebody to Jesus. They will, They'll, maybe they do do Bible studies, maybe they, they bring them to Jesus and as soon as that person's accepted Jesus then they move on and leave that person just kind of floating out yeah, that sure you what them. to do and <laughs> and for me I think that one of the things that I meant by going home is is that sometimes the most important thing you can do is to continue to be friends with people who don't choose to accept Jesus or choose to follow Jesus in the way that, that you're following, should, but, you, yeah. but you don't quit that friendship just because they didn't do what you wanted them to. And also that you continue the friendships with people that you don't, it's it's viewing people as people as, as opposed to viewing them as um, a mission. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. It feels really predatory actually, if that's all you're interested in. Yeah. And you're not actually interested in the person and developing a relationship with the person
0: and I think you have to let that grow too because just because someone the answer may still be no if your goal is to introduce them to Jesus, which isn't a I mean, I get what you're talking about with the predatory it's like if that's all we're if that's all we're doing, not that that's a bad thing, but like if you're not willing to be invested of your time and of yourself and be a friend, then that almost seems. Well, it is. Seems well, I think it's a
1: misunderstanding of the gospel. The gospel mm-hmm. is relational. Yeah. It isn't. It isn't transactional. Mm-hmm. It is not a transaction to be had. It's a relationship to be lived in. And I think that we might learn something from the fact that that if it took God forty years to, to take what should have been about a a six week trip, <laughs> yeah that if god it took him 40 years to move the israelites from egypt into the the promised land then maybe maybe we need to quit measuring things in days and weeks and months and just be okay being where god has planted us and be okay hmm. sharing our faith by the way that we live and and yes by also sharing it verbally um in the right places when people want to wow, know yeah. and when they're asking and, uh, or when they, when you see a, a point where you think that there's something that will be helpful. Um, but it seems so counterproductive to be so long, but like, am <laughs> I effective?
2: because is, is it? we're so used to instant gratification. Yeah. we got to get yeah. this thing done. But, but I mean, what, what Ken's saying, like patience, yeah, patience and, and, not, trusting, trusting in the process, whatever process we happen to be in, trusting that process.
0: That's not type A material. That's not type A. I, no, type, you know, I need, I need this done. I need to move on to the next thing, and, and that's totally not what I agree. I, I mean, if you let somebody, you bring them there, and it's like, oh, great. Well, I've given you everything you need, and now, you know, go do this two more times for somebody else, and you know, because then that'll prove how much you love Jesus. And it's that's kind of a messed, messed up way to think about it. Why would you leave somebody? if you really did enjoy being their friend in the first place. I mean, you'd be happy for them, but I wouldn't want to just have someone leave you either. It doesn't. See, this is the part that I'm back to the, I'm back to the other I'm I'm not, and I'm not going back. I'm not, I'm not going back there. I'm not going back there. That's, this is the part I struggled about with this, with, with this message and not just the message. It's just, it all seems like it's like, Where's the stick in the ground that's like, oh, we did make progress. Where's the, and I know that's relationship, but relationships take time. And not that that's a bad thing. We all have plenty of time to to invest in others. And, and And like you said, just by living your life as Christ has taught you to the best of your ability and being open and transparent about that. And yeah, I'd love to see you come to church with me, but that's not my goal. I'd rather, you know, we just need. To hang out and not put pressure or, but then it just seems like, am I doing enough? I mean, there should be more to do. And, and maybe that's that upbringing of where you've, you know, you're out there winning souls for Jesus. You're in gathering, you're doing all these different things that are tangible, but that just seems like everyday life. And I, I know that I, I know I'm asking questions that don't really, I don't have answers. for. Well,
2: it's funny, Randy, cause I'm, I feel totally feel free to delete this if you want to later, but (laughs) (laughs) you just just chop this part out. If you don't, but, but the conversation we were having earlier about, you know, your neighbors and how, what awesome people they are and spending time with them this weekend and celebrating Christmas with them and doing all these things. I mean, That's what you're doing. That's what you're living. Like that's, that is your experience. And I don't, I don't see you trying to put a benchmark on that or trying to put a, you know, pole in the ground on that because you're engaged in a relational um, relationship, a relational relationship. But there are people
0: that I care for just as much as them and, and, and as well that it's hard not to see. Something,
1: some kind of progress,
0: or just something that says, you know, you're making a difference. Not for, and and truly not for me, but just if you're thinking to yourself, I, I, I don't know if I'm doing this the right way, or if what I'm doing is effective. And and effective is a big word, but you know, should is this the way I should be going about living and doing things? I think it is for me. I think it works. I, I'm not a person that want is a big push on people. I'd rather just let's do stuff together. Let's by osmosis and, and just hanging out that we, we introduce and, and get you to understand what, how we, how we believe, how you believe it's reciprocative, Re, reciproca,
1: recipro, reciprocal.
0: reciprocal, reciprocal. Thank you. Reciprocative. I don't know if that works. <laughs> Does it work? <laughs> let's,
2: let's go with it. Let's go with it. <laughs>
1: and so, it's not a word it should be. It should be
0: now. <laughs> it just feels like, it just feels like there's something missing in that scenario. And I know that that's me trying to overcomplicate things, but sometimes you just little pieces. And when you, sometimes when you get those, it makes all the difference in the world. And you're like, Oh, okay, this, this is amazing. And God really does carries in the details. And I guess I, and I try not to worry about that because I know there's nothing I can do about it other than be what I am and who I am. And to let the Holy just plant, you know, let the Holy Spirit do what it needs to do, and and not and not worry about it. But sometimes I worry about it because I worry about those people that I want to, I want them to
1: know Jesus. Well, as can well. I say I'm glad you worry about them? I think that, you know, if I had the formula, yeah, right, yeah, to know. <laughs> to making a million dollars, and I had a friend who was financially struggling and kept refusing to, to listen to the formula that i knew would bring them out of their financial struggles of course i'd worry for them for them yeah but you know what i wouldn't do i wouldn't quit being friends with them because they weren't accepting the formula that i know is going to work i would actually continue to be friends with them hoping that one day that they would and i think the same thing is true when it comes to our christian walk that you know if i genuinely believe that i that i've found a formula that's given me a better picture of who God is. That's given me hope. It's given me peace. And of course I want the people I love to have those things. In fact, I'd love for them to be able to practice it better than I practice. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But that being said, I, um, I think that relationships are, are rarely point A to point B to point C. They're, they're, relationships are messy and that you, you jump from B to, you know, X and then from (laughs) X, maybe back to M and maybe then, you know, on to N, maybe O, then back to G. I mean, relationships kind of bounce all over the place. They don't, they're not, they're not linear. And I think that sometimes we really try to make the Christian process linear when it's relational, and, and relationships are messy and they don't progress the way that 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 one person thinks they should. And I'm sure they don't. And and so for for me, one of the things that I'm always encouraged by is that all I all I feel like my responsibility is is to live the life that Jesus has asked me to live, where he's asked me to live it, to share the gospel with the way I I behave, which has always got a lot of room for improvement, and then share the gospel with words when that's when that's the appropriate thing to do as well. Yeah. And from there on, it's God's problem. And does it break my heart when I see people um struggling that I feel like if they would just go ahead and take the formula, then life would be better for them. Of course it does. But goodness knows I've been handed the formula multiple times and decided I didn't like it or didn't feel like it worked or was what would work for me. And I've struggled when, if I would have listened, maybe, you know, things would have been different and better, but you know, I think it is an easy thing having have having done both, I think it is an easy thing to travel to a far off land wit and wit and share the gospel than it is to go home and share the gospel at home. Because at home they know who you are. Yeah. At home, you're comf- you're you're in your normal space. When you're in a far off land, you are constantly reminded that you are in a far off land, that this is not and and you're constantly aware. Whereas when you are in your own culture, in your own place, it's easy to become um, just kind of normal life. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. But yet I, I would argue that nobody can share the gospel better than somebody who is in the same culture together. Mm-hmm. I think that people who are in the same culture they understand each other. There's a, a really great book called Bruchko, B-R-U-C-H-K-O, I think, Bruchko, uh, about this guy who wants to be a missionary, and he kind of forces it. Nobody will sponsor him to go. So he <laughs> he gets enough money. He, he flies himself down to somewhere in South America. I can't remember where. He, he actually wanders through the jungle. I'm um, uh, really condensed and wanders and gets captured by this uh, uh, tribe of people who are known for um, their extreme violence and um, and he lives with them and he tries to share the gospel with them and it just it just goes over their head I mean it just does not work and finally one of them it it makes sense to them and that one person one evening is in the longhouse that they're all they live in and he's this 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 person starts singing a like a a spirit and death song in their culture and the guy they call this guy brutchco that's where the name for the book comes from they call him and Bruchko is like massively offended. He's like, "That You can't sing that kind of a song to try to share the gospel. You can't do it. it that's, you know, because there's spirits involved. There's, you know, there's, and, and, but this guy is singing this song to, and all of a sudden, as soon as he starts singing it, like half the village gives their, their life to Christ immediately. And it starts making sense. And he starts seeing changes in lives and things like that. And, but it wasn't, it was, he shared with one person but that one person was able to put into the cultural context that made sense to those mm. people and so um really fascinating book by the way i i probably did it. it's been a couple of years so i hope i didn't murder the plot too much but the my point is you have the words you have the vocabulary you understand the context of home and so in my opinion, that's where you're the most effective at sharing the gospel. And it doesn't mean that there aren't, God doesn't call people to be missionaries to foreign places. Of course God does, that's that's obvious. I also would argue that generally speaking, that most, a lot of missionaries are not particularly successful in, in huge numbers. They tend to be successful with one or two people and those one or two people tend to be more successful mm. in bringing people to Christ.
0: Yeah. Well, I was more um my neighbors are amazing people. They're uh the people that they always have your back when, you know, their your water pump goes out, they hook up the hose of their house and make sure that you have water and vice versa and those kinds of things and um I really think this year they were going to come to uh, candlelight communion because it seemed like a good uh, a good program that they would enjoy and and get to uh just to meet some people here at at, uh, at Whole Life. So maybe next year. And, uh, but I like, I'm not worried about them. They're they're just awesome. Just go home. Just go home. Just go home. <laughs> should we go home? We should go home. Let's, we should go home. Let's go home. There's one more. And like I promised a couple episodes ago, um, and I know, I think we're going to talk about this in the message as well, but we'll be doing some end of year uh, looking back and mm-hmm. how things have grown and um, definitely going to share some of the stuff from the podcast this year and some other things. So definitely don't want to miss next week. And that's going to be our follow me year in review. And that's on the 31st, the 31st. I yeah, Can not believe it? Can't believe it. Right? Isn't thirty-first? Thirtieth. Thirtieth. No, right. Thirtieth. What yeah. Okay. Well, close enough. One day close. <laughs> who knows? It might be the next day before hey. anything happens. You never.
2: Come... I mean, technically, the end of the year is the thirty-first. So, I mean, I can see how. I that,
0: can see yeah. how that would have. You might have. Yeah. How that. Compacts. I got
2: you. Yeah, you got
0: me. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that. Awesome guys. Thank you so much. Um, Merry Christmas to everyone. I know you've already passed that part, but it's Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy New year. all year. that's coming yeah. up, and so we will talk to you next week. Everyone have a fantastic week.